Hey, and this is episode three of the HVAC Apprentice Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Lamont. And again, this is the HVAC Apprentice Podcast. So, episode three, man. I know we left off with my first day or the first few days in the field. Um... I got to wear my dunce cap on this episode, man. I want to talk about my very first major mistake in the field. Now, we'll preface this with saying, like like I said in the last episode, I am not a technical guy the first time I get into this trade, right? I'm, I'm, I'm as green as they can be. I'm wet behind the ears, right? Ah, man, I'm out doing my own thing. I'm in, I'm in my service truck and, uh, I got a new tool, man. Ended up getting a probe thermometer and this, oh gosh, I I even hate telling the story. All right. So I'm, I'm literally just doing a heat check. I am probably, I want to say maybe two weeks into my truck. Um, (laughs) So I go to do the heat check, you know, I go through, I I go through my spiel, you know, I was taught when we get to the door, we uh, knock on the door because friends don't ring doorbells, right? You stand off to the side. When the customer greets you, you give a name, you tell them where you park your car at, you uh, throw in your shoe booties, even though, you know, you may not want to, even if the customer tells you no, you got to say something like, well, you know, I don't want to mess up the nice wood floors you got in here, right? So I go through my whole spiel and I get to the point where I'm explaining to the customer, hey, my job as a service technician is to get your system back to fact as factory fresh as humanly possible. So when I'm done with the tune-up, your system will almost be like it came right out of the shop. So I got the customer's head gassed up. The customer's loving me at this point. I get outside start working on the outdoor unit. I check the capacitors. I check everything before I do the cleaning. I do the cleaning. Boom. I go to the indoor unit, which is located in the garage, which I'm super happy about. And the problem is this is my first time encountering hard pipe ductwork in the garage. So without me thinking, I didn't grab my drill because I can probably drill a hole through uh, the supply plenum, drill a hole through the return plenum and get the exact temperature that I need right at the unit. But old green Lamont, wet behind the ears Lamont, decides to take his probe thermometer and put it through the only opening in the heater kit. <laughs> Boy, when I tell you I woke up that morning, bro, I put my probe thermometer through the heater kit and boom, the whole thing blew up. Now, remember I told y'all, I was actually dealing with a lot at the time. I was going through a divorce. I had just got my new place. Uh, me and my, you know, the current situation at the time, which is now my wife, shout out Nay. Um, we were living in an apartment that we just got qualified for. So, I'm trying to fight to get my kids joint custody, all that good stuff. And I had all this stuff lined up, man. I mean, everything was going good. And then boom, I blow up a heater kit. 
Bro, when I tell you my heart sank and I thought I was going to lose my job. <laughs> that was probably the worst mistake I've made, man. Oh my gosh. That wasn't the first mistake. I, that was the first mistake I made. That wasn't the last mistake that I made at this company. And that's what I'm saying. I can't like I went through so much, you know, mentally at that company. I can't really say a lot of bad about it because, man, did I cost them some money. <laughs> I called my, I called the uh, field supervisor on the phone and I said, Hey, I don't know how this happened, but I blew up the heater kit. And I, I think the first thing he said was you put your probe on your probe thermometer in the heater kit banking. I was like, yeah, and he just laughed. <laughs> Yo, he laughed so hard, man. And my heart just sank. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, please, you know, don't fire me. I mean, you could just take it out my check and all. He's like, Lamont, it's fine. It happens. I'm like, seriously? He's like, yes, Lamont, it's fine. It happens. You're new. We expect you to make mistakes. He was like, even though I haven't seen this one yet, but it's fine. Bro, when I tell you, I was so relieved, man. <laughs> I was so relieved. The idiot Lamont didn't know where to put his probe thermometer, so he put it through the back of a heater kit while the heater kit was engaged. Boy, that was a scary moment, man. That was definitely a scary moment, man. Um, yeah, so I had to replace the uh, probe thermometer. Um, and then they sent me back out there to replace the heater kit. Uh, I ended up having to go pick one up the same day. And then I had to, I think I had to go to a different call or something and then go back to the house. But anyway, man, I felt like a heel in front of the customer. Like that day humbled me and I'm glad it did because man, I'm, a, I'm clumsy by nature, but man, that was a, that was a terrible mistake. So I said all that to say this, <laughs> don't put your probe thermometer in the back of a heater kit. It won't go well for you. Um, Man, I made a lot of mistakes. Oh my gosh, I made a lot of mistakes on the job in my first year. And a lot of it was just due to me not having knowledge, man, or just me not not understanding how things work and or understanding how dangerous electricity was. There was a call uh, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, it's probably my first month in the field. I, I've probably completed maybe seven or eight calls right before then because this was my day. I lived in Portsmouth, so I had to get up at around six o'clock. I left the house at six thirty. I got to the shop at seven, between seven and seven thirty. We were turning all our paperwork for the day, uh, the day before. All the money that we collected or whatever would be turned in the day um, of the meeting, which the meeting was every morning at seven thirty. So that's pretty much how the day started. And then the reason why I say the company was you know, bad to work for was because it was brutal. The hours were so brutal, man. We'd start at, at seven thirty. The meeting would be over around eight. Normally what we would do right after the meeting, all the guys would go to Wawa or seven 11 and we'd probably congregate for like 20, 30 minutes. And then we head to our first call once we get our page and the first call would last. I mean, maybe an hour or so mostly maintenance for, you know, us newer techs. Uh, but the older techs, of course they would get service calls. So no, no really telling how long they'd be. Uh, but with this one particular company, there was no end time. 
until 11 o'clock p.m. Unless you were, like, if you were on call, you were on call 24-7. So the majority of the time, the company was so busy that we would be running calls even when we're not on call at 11 and 12 o'clock at night. So this one particular day, I'm dog tired. I'm exhausted. I get to a customer's house, customer's long refrigerant. And at this point in time, I'm not really good at reading gauges. Um, ended up having some analog gauges that I really didn't know how to record the superheater subcooling on. So I, I didn't know what was going on, man. Um, I call the supervisor on call. And of course, this guy is a straight jerk, man. Uh, straight jerk, man. He's uh, one of the higher ups in the company. Nobody likes him. He's rude to the customers. He's rude to the technicians. He's just a straight jerk, man. And the, the thing is, he loves being the jerk. Like he gets off on it in a way. Anyway, I call the guy and I'm like, hey, uh, I'm struggling with this call. I don't know what's going on. I can't get any technician on the phone. I can't get the supervisor on the phone because the supervisor, he was an older guy and he cut his phone off at a certain time. And after that, you just can't get him. So I was stuck, man. I didn't know what to do. And the guy told me to figure it out. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, this is my first month in the field. And you're throwing me out to the wolves with no help. I said, all right, cool. I'll figure it out. And lo and behold, I ended up blowing up a contactor. <laughs> I figured out how to blow up a contactor. <laughs> Man, that was so embarrassing. So the customer comes out. And she's livid, man, because it's 11 o'clock at night. It's in the middle of summer, and she has no AC. And next thing you know, I, I accidentally hit um, the high-voltage side of the contactor with a low-voltage uh, metal contact. Ended up burning up the voltage on the contactor. Ended up burning up the, the metal contact on the lead wire for the 24 volts. And I'm just sitting there looking like a straight idiot because at this point, I don't know how to do electrical. I don't know how to change out a contactor. I don't know how to do a lot of this stuff. And they send out one of the guys, super cool guy, man, super cool guy. They send out one of the guys at 1130 at night because I called that same manager on call, let him know what happened. Um, oh, I forgot to tell you. So on that same call, I'm trying to check the refrigerant and the Schrader valve comes loose or, or gets stuck in place because of my refrigerant hose. And next thing you know, like literally all the refrigerant leaks out of the system. <laughs> this all on the same call, all the refrigerant leaks out of the system. And I'm just sitting there like with my hand on my head, just shaking my head like Lamont. Is this really what you're supposed to be doing right now, man? Like, you're messing up. And like I said, this is my first month. So I'm like, yo, you're messing up so bad. You just blew up a heater kit. You blew up a contactor. Now you left all the, you let all the refrigerant out. So at this point in time, I'm like, at least let me get all the refrigerant back in the system. So that's what I focus on doing. I put all the refrigerant back in the system. And at least this time I knew how to weigh it in. Because of a previous training we had did like a week before where he said, you know, weigh in your charge, uh, especially in the wintertime, because that's the most accurate way to be. 
So I, you know, I weighed the charge in and it's probably about midnight now when the other, when the other technician comes out and hopefully I can get him on the call on, on the podcast, man. Cause, uh, he's a super dope cat. I just haven't, I haven't talked to him about in about four years cause I haven't been with that company since about 2016. Um, and I don't even think he works there anymore, but anyway, he comes out and the first thing he does is he sees the damage to the contactor. I mean, he changes it. It changes it out in like 15 minutes. He gets all the wiring cleaned up. And the next thing you know, um, system comes on and the system charge, he, he checks that. And he's like, dude, the charge is perfect. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I wonder why, <laughs> but uh, ended up in the, what it ended up being was a, um, now that I look back at the call, it was actually low pressure because it, it wasn't a cloud of refrigerant that came out. It was just a small bit of refrigerant that leaked out. Um, and I couldn't figure out why the system wasn't running because it was off on low pressure. But at the time I didn't know how to check that. So, you know, the, the thing that I was taught how to do, which is the wrong thing. If a system's out on low pressure, you just press in the contactor and then you read your pressures and see what's going on. That's because I didn't know how to actually read on the circuit board. If, uh, you know, the contactor itself was not being pulled in because it is on low pressure. So, dude, it was just, oh my gosh, it was a terrible, terrible night. I don't think I got home until about one or two thirty in the morning. Um, because I had, a, I had another call right after that. <laughs> another call right after that, man. And if you're not mentally prepared for that, and I think that company was just worst case scenario. And the thing that I'm grateful for is that I did go to a company like that first instead of going to a company like that after I left the company, because that literally was like the worst of the worst of the worst experience of any company I could have ever had. And the crazy part is I was at that company for almost 16 months. So we had so many good technicians there. We had so many good guys and there's still people that I talk to from that company today um, because sometimes, you know, the same technicians that are at that company, we all moved to a different company and now we're technicians at that company. And then we moved to a different company now. So, you know, in, in the 757 area, there are, oh my gosh, there's probably 1400 HVAC companies, but pretty much everybody knows the big chain companies and pretty much uh, anybody that knows anybody in the trade has either worked at the company that I'm talking about or know somebody in the trade that's worked at that company. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a popular company. And from what I've heard, they've made some changes. They've made some really good, uh, uh, shift changes for the technicians. You don't have to work a 90 hour week and then a 98 hour week and then a hundred hour week. And, you know, you don't have to do that now back to back because that stuff is, I mean, it's exhausting. It got to the point where there was a commercial by a competitor that had the same, uh, clothing that we wore at the company and they ran an ad talking about how there was nobody left at home, um, to eat dinner with you. There was nobody left at home to play games with you or, you know what I mean? Cause they were just poking fun at the fact that we stayed out all night because this company had you out all night. That's literally what it was. So it's, it's just funny, man. But, um, I had some really good experiences there my first year in the field was definitely rough, but I'm glad it was rough because it taught me a lot and it taught me how to persevere. It taught me how not to give up. 
in certain situations, especially when you're dealing with something like a low voltage short. You ran out of all of your fuses, your three amp fuses, your five amp fuses, whatever you're dealing with, and you just don't know what to do. I don't know how many times I've had that. And it was things like that that allowed me to kind of get away from the mentality of actually leaving. You know what I mean? I wanted to find out what the problem was. I wanted to fix it before I did anything else and before I moved on to the next job. So the biggest thing that, you know, I dealt with in the career itself was just not, it it wasn't my ability because I knew that the ability would come. The knowledge would come, you know, the tools would come, the money would come and, you know, I'd be in the position that I am in now, but I knew that that only would happen if I chose to persevere through some of the calls that I went through. And one of the big items that I see that a lot of technicians go through, uh, the big, the biggest setback that a lot of technicians go through is that they have this little voice in their head that will tell them to stop and they listen to it. And what happens is when they listen to that voice, they don't do what they need to do to learn the lesson they need to learn in that moment. I don't know how many times I got to a crawl space, got to the entrance of the crawl space and that voice in my head said, Lamont, ah, you don't need to check the damper or you don't need to check the ductwork." And it's funny because every single time that happened and I didn't do it, it ended up a call back on me. And the only thing I could remember was, man, if I would have checked the ductwork, if I would have did this, if I would have did that, the next man would not have had to go out and do the call that I was already there for. So there was a call where I literally did not want to go into the duct, I mean, into the crawl space, but I didn't understand why I was not getting any airflow from the registers. So this was a, I believe it was a downflow furnace. Um, Duckwork was in the crawl space. We had just had like a huge storm because uh, this was back in maybe, you know, hurricane season or whatever in Virginia. And I get in the crawl space, crawl space is dry as a bone. But I'm like, you know, I don't see anything. Maybe I can leave. And then that that, that was a voice in my head saying, hey, Lamont, go because you know, you got dinner at home or you got 2K at home or whatever it is, Call of Duty. And I'm like, uh, let me just keep going. So I literally just crawled to the main supply of the ductwork, the main trunk. And I don't see much. Then I go to the return, the return side of the, the duct. And I try to lift the return side of the duct up and it's full of water. So I go back to the supply side. And then I start lifting some of the supply lines up. And some of the supply lines are full of water. And I'm like, okay, that's the reason why you're not getting airflow. So it's, it's the little things like that, that will make you a better technician than most other technicians. Most technicians aren't willing to go the extra mile, even though it only may take you an extra five, 10, 15, 20 minutes to do it and actually do it right. So when you start looking for things and you start going the extra mile and you start taking your maintenance seriously, right? Instead of actually using this time to post on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. Or with me, I, I used to love watching World Star Hip Hop on uh 
<laughs> on the job. But it's it's those things. And I learned that from the homie Ant Core. And this guy, man, he's such a stand-up technician. This dude is like a man of integrity. He's a man of honor. And when I went through this guy's just his regular training class that he put on for the other technicians because he saw how much the new technicians were struggling, it opened my eyes to so much. I struggled so much with low voltage shorts. I struggled with just following the power. And the dude explained it so easily to me because I I couldn't understand how power was like a bridge. So if you have a light switch and the light switch is off, that means the bridge is up. It means no traffic can go through. And then as soon as you turn the light switch on, it closes the bridge. And now it lets the traffic out. When he told me that, I was like, bro, it's that easy. I've been struggling the whole time dealing with this. And he said, yeah, bro. He said, if you think of it like a, a bridge and traffic, follow the power. And anywhere you follow the power, if you start to follow the power and you know you're losing power, then boom, that's where you start. And that there opened my eyes to so much. So if anything, I challenge you guys this week. If you're listening to this, don't listen to that voice in your head that's telling you to stop. Push yourself to move forward, even if you don't want to. Because I guarantee you it will pay off in the end. We're going to get into more technical things. We're going to go over things like static pressure. We're going to go over things why compressors fail. We're going to get into a lot of that. But before we get into that, we have to make sure that we get into the mind state that allows you to challenge yourself to the point where you want to give up and you don't. Because that's going to make you the better technician. That's going to make you the technician that is requested above all the others. So, hey, this is episode three. I appreciate you guys joining me. I think I can take my dunce cap off now. And I'll see you guys on episode four. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. We'll be on Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio pretty soon. Uh, We are on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Anchor, Pocket Cast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, this this podcast will be on there fairly shortly. And if you like a divisive podcast where we talk about some crazy issues and not HVAC related stuff, go check out my other podcast called The Divisive Podcast. That's on our heart, Google, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hey, but I'll check y'all guys next time. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll see you then.